Welcome to Don't Read Drunk, a podcast about books and booze. I'm Jenny, and I'll be your host. Hi, we are back this week with episode 62 and talking about Something Wicked This Way Comes by Ray Bradbury. And life has kind of been kind of mid-level for me here. Sierra has definitely been kicking me while I'm down, but thankfully I'm a pretty strong and resilient gal. But it's definitely times like this where you just need to slow down and take the time for true gratitude. I'll admit I've gotten pretty spoiled in life where I didn't have to worry about money a whole lot, but this year has been a little more challenging than it has been in a while. But it's a reminder, though, to get back to those basics and enjoy some simplicity in life because you don't always need a lot of money. You don't always need a lot of stuff to enjoy what you have, enjoy what's around you, and just enjoy this beautiful life that we have. I was talking to one of my best friends the other night, and we were talking about our kids. And no matter how challenging life gets, I have my son to be thankful for. He is definitely a bright spot in my life, regardless of what happens. I know it's important to create a life where I'm more than just a mom, but being a mom to him is one of the most important parts of myself. I've also been doing that taking care of business stuff, and that always makes me feel better too when I'm getting stuff checked off the to-do list. Getting doctor's and dentist appointments scheduled, cleaning, organizing around the house, and I'm picking up some furniture from my brother this weekend too, so I'm excited about that. It's all part of that, moving forward and rebuilding a life that I want rather than a life where I try to be somebody different for someone else, which never works, by the way. And I should know better, but never try to be someone for someone else. Be who you are and attract the right person into your life, not someone who devalues who you are as a person and doesn't appreciate who you really are. If you haven't done therapy, I definitely recommend that too. I know I've been on a big therapy kick lately, (laughs) but therapy has been so great in strengthening myself, so I'm not a doormat. (laughs) I highly recommend it. I love it. It's really helped me throughout this year, and it helps me be a better person, I think. So for early media recommendations this week, I found this new cozy mystery series that I'm really enjoying. It's called The Secret Book and Scone Society by Ellery Adams. One of the characters characters in the book is Nora, and she owns Miracle Books. She is self-identifying as a bibliotherapist, which means she helps people solve their problems through books. This is such a fun mystery series with comfortable and relatable characters, and it references a lot of great books. And I love that idea of a bibliotherapist and healing yourself through books because I love books so much, and it's easy to see where great books and great writers can definitely help heal your soul. I listened to it on Scribed while I was doing yard work all weekend. And this is a reminder, check out Scribed. You can get two months free using my link in the show notes. They don't sponsor me, but I really love the service and I'm really enjoying it. I use it for mostly audiobooks, but I've also read a few eBooks now through Scribed and I still enjoy doing the audiobooks more. But more months than not, I definitely get my money's worth from Scribe. So check it out if you haven't already. For the book and the setting, I had to pair this with a beer. When I think small town, blue collar workers like Jim's dad in the book, I definitely think of an ale. And I decided on Two Brothers Prairie Path Golden Ale. 
Two Brothers Brewing is surprise, a brewery started by two brothers named Jim and Jason, and they began the company 25 years ago in Chicago. Two Brothers is still 100% family owned, which I love that they've kept it in the family and managed to survive over the years. Prairie Path Golden Ale is actually a gluten-free beer, and I didn't choose it for this reason, but it's pretty cool that it is a gluten-free beer and a nice to know for people who are gluten-free. It's 5.1% ABV and 25 IBU. I found it a mild, really flavorful ale that was exactly what I would think for a corner bar. It's more of a craft beer, but it's not too off the wall as far as flavor goes so that it's like an offensive craft beer. (laughs) And I say that because I know some like old school beer drinkers who aren't huge fans of the popularity of craft beers and even more who are not a fan of the hoppiness of IPAs and just talk about how horrible and bitter IPAs are. But I feel like this is a craft beer, but it's a craft beer that everybody can get on board with. This is what the the old school beer crowd should enjoy about craft beer because this is craft beer done right for sure. It's slightly fruity, but not distinguishably fruity as like some wines can be. The website states it's a bit lemony, but I didn't really taste that lemony flavor. Two Brothers website also pairs it with chicken, salads, salmon, bratwurst, and apricots. And I don't know about everybody else, but I do not like beer and salads together. That's just not a pairing that makes sense to me. I mean, maybe if you're talking about like a heartier salad, like a taco salad, but generally that's not would not be my pairing. I'm definitely down with the brats with this beer though. This would be a great one to boil your brats in first before grilling. And this is a widely renowned cooking method for bratwurst in Wisconsin. It's also very highly debated. Some people in Wisconsin just throw their brats on the grill. Others boil in beer and onions first and then grill. Others grill and then put in a slow cooker with beer and onion. And I personally am a firm believer in the boil and beer and onion first method and then grill. In my opinion, this just makes the best and juiciest brats. I also then throw those beer onions on the grill too. And oh, I'm getting hungry just thinking about this. But (laughs) I may get some hate mail from the Wisconsinites or the Midwesterners who have a different opinion on this grill method. (laughs) We also just had snow the other day. But in the Midwest, this does not mean the end of grilling season. We still grill in our garages with proper ventilation, of course. Grilling is definitely a year-round event here in the Midwest, but I am getting way off track here. (laughs) Though this is a mild beer, um, it does pair well, I'd say, with more mild foods. Even though it's fall, this would also be a great refreshing summer beer. Let's hop into the author this week, which is a very well-known writer, Ray Bradbury. This is from Wikipedia. Ray Douglas Bradbury was an American author and screenwriter. One of the most celebrated 20th century American writers, he worked in a variety of modes, including fantasy, science fiction, horror, mystery, and realistic fiction. Bradbury wrote many works and is widely known by the general public for his novel Fahrenheit 451 and his short story collections, The Martian Chronicles and The Illustrated Man. Most of his best-known work is speculative fiction, but he also worked in other genres, such as the coming-of-age novel Dandelion Wine and the fictionalized memoir Green Shadows, White Whale. He also wrote and consulted on screenplays and television scripts, 
including Moby Dick and It Came from Outer Space. Many of his works were adapted into television and film productions, as well as comic books. The New York Times called Bradbury, quote, the writer most responsible for bringing modern science fiction into the literary mainstream. And the Ray Bradbury website is filled with all sorts of great information too on him. If you're looking for more on Bradbury, definitely look at his website, which I've linked in the show notes. I read a lot about his vision and his thoughts on the future of society. While Something Wicked This Way Comes is the only book of his I've read, I'm definitely anxious to read more, especially after learning a little bit more about him. Of course, his website is in the business of promoting him and his writing, but I found his thought and his quotes really interesting. There's also on his website, 13 things you didn't know about Bradbury section. Like he had a long lifelong love of Halloween, which makes sense considering the setting and um, the timing of something wicked this way comes, which we're talking about today. And something wicked was also created out of his friendship with a carnival magician made Mr. Electrical. I loved the story of how he first met his wife too. She was working in a bookstore and she kept an eye on him, not because she was attracted to him, but because she thought he was going to steal something. (laughs) And I will say that would be awesome meeting your soulmate at a bookstore. Of course, I think it's awesome because I'm such a reader. I love spending time at bookstores, but I've never actually met anyone there. But that is also the creepy plot line of the book You by Carolyn Kepnes. So maybe I don't want to meet someone at the bookstore, (laughs) but I suppose I meet creeps everywhere. So (laughs) the bookstore wouldn't be totally different. Bradbury is a pretty fascinating person. He did pass away in 2012, but he's definitely someone I would have loved to meet and add to my have a beer with an author list. So getting into the book, I had heard of Ray Bradbury because of Fahrenheit 451. While I still haven't read that book, it's one that I've always wanted to read ever since I was in high school. And the librarian kind of encouraged me not to read it. And I say high school, but it might have been junior high too, or or possibly even younger because I was a big reader and I was pretty young when I was like looking for books in the high school book section. Because I think she might have thought it was a little too adult for me at the time. So I must have been like a little bit younger, maybe not in high school. But she also had no idea about the Sydney Sheldon books that I was reading. And if you hadn't read Sydney Sheldon, I mean, definitely check him out. He's entertaining, but it's very adult. <laughs> Last year, I was looking for books for spooky season. And this was one that was definitely recommended. And I hadn't heard of it. But of course, I'd heard of Ray Bradbury. I loved the premise. So I bought it on Kindle and it was sitting there on my Kindle for a year. Something Wicked This Way Comes is the coming of age story of Jim Nightshade and Will Holloway. When a mysterious carnival comes to town, Jim and Will seem to be the only ones who see there is something sinister going on behind the pomp and circumstance. I'm all about coming of age stories, but I also love circus and carnival settings. I think I've mentioned in the past that my grandpa was a huge Jimmy Stewart fan. So we watched all the Jimmy Stewart movies together. He was a movie fan too. So he owned, I think, every movie that Jimmy Stewart was ever in. And one of our favorite movies was The Greatest Show on Earth, which instigated my love of the circus. While we are a little past spooky season, the continually darkening days still make this a great read for the season. When people talk atmospheric books, this is one of the granddaddies of them all. On Reddit, one reader said that it got so much 
for them that Bradbury would get lost in the atmospheric sentences. He was writing so much that he would get off track. And this is definitely an accurate observation in my opinion, but I didn't really mind it. And I love how deeply descriptive Bradbury got creating the small world of Jim and Wills. The small town of Greentown, Illinois could be any small town in the Midwest and was something that felt really familiar to me. It's described perfectly. The setting is beautifully created in a sense that I found myself feeling as though I was experiencing things right alongside of Will and Jim. It's reminiscent of King or maybe vice versa since um, Bradbury came before King. But since I read King first, that's kind of what it reminds me of. So clearly King's own creations can be traced back to Bradbury. Picturing Greentown reminds me of how Derry is portrayed in the new It movies, too. Just kind of that visual was similar to me. That's kind of what I pictured. Bradbury also describes the boys as light and dark. Not in terms of skin color, but in terms of personality and then hair color as well. Jim was born one minute after midnight on October 31st and is more brooding. Will is born one minute before midnight on October 30th and is obedient and a little more positive. The boys are friends despite their differences, and I love how they balance each other out. I love the descriptions of their friendship. It reminds me of having close friends at that age and how my friendships have grown and developed over the years. They are on the verge of their 14th birthday in the book, but they seem a little bit younger than that. But the book did come out in 1962, so that's likely the reason for kind of that that age, maybe maturity difference. And of course, since the book was from the 60s, there are lots of annoying sexist things that Bradbury writes. At one point, Jim says, quote, women sure like to cry, don't they? Which is really annoying, by the way. I've always hated that I'm a crier. I can't help it. I've had so many accusations that I was only crying to get sympathy or that I was crying for attention or that I wasn't really upset or just faking it. And I'm an emotional person. I legitimately cannot stop it. I really need to stop apologizing for the fact that I'm a crier because it is literally something that I don't have control over. And I think people that don't understand that are just assholes. And despite this being in the book, Mr. Holloway is about to cry because he's emotionally overwhelmed. So I think that it's great that Bradbury allows a man to show his emotions, but the double standard is still bullshit. Another eye roll moment is when Mr. Holloway says that, quote, women live off gossip. And I've known plenty of men who were gossipers as well. It's the double standards that are so ridiculous. So I can ignore it and still enjoy the book, of course. I've been living with sexist attitudes all my life, but I definitely do my roll my eyes when I read it. And when I did read sexist stuff, absolutely. <laughs> the beautiful writing and descriptions are worth ignoring the 60s setting. Some of the beautiful quotes that I wrote down were, quote, holding a book but reading the empty spaces. And I thought that was this was so evocative in several interpretations that you can read the author's words, but there's so much you can uncover from reading between the lines. I've also been so caught up in the heartbreak of life that I've held a book in front of me only to see what's not there in front of me. Also, at one point, Will says, quote, I feel like I just ate a cold raw snail. <laughs> and I felt this was so beautifully descriptive. It fit what a child might say. And you can easily relate and commiserate with that feeling. At another point in the book, I loved, quote, really knowing is good. Not knowing or refusing to know is immoral, at least. You can't act if you don't know. Acting without knowing it takes you right off the cliff. 
And this was so perfect for the moment. And it also really resonated with life. I think a lot of times I've gone off the cliff and I think a lot of people can relate to that as well. It's also about knowing and understanding. People so often judge and have long-held beliefs about situations or people or lifestyles without truly knowing, or they just have a surface understanding or don't truly care to dig deeper. And this is what makes me sad about things like sexism, racism, homophobia, and so much more. People experience life through their own experiences. It's important to try to understand through others' experiences than your own. Or, And I think, or at least I hope this is what Bradbury was trying to say here. And after reading uh, his website and some of the stuff on his website, I want to say I might be on point with this one. I also loved this quote. Evil has only has the power we give it. I don't know that I agree with it. While I think it's important to have a positive outlook on life, There are people who are evil who can negatively impact us and our lives, and sometimes we don't have control over that. I do like the idea of it, though. And then this beautifully descriptive moment in the book when, quote, every glass through javelins of light. Oh, and one more, quote, Charles Holloway felt his soul submerge. That one gave me chills. I just love the way Overall, how Bradbury sets each setting up so beautifully and descriptively. It can be tedious at times, but I really enjoyed immersing myself in the book. And I love immersing myself in books that can really pull you into them and plop you right down in the middle of the world that the author has created. The evil in the book is crafted in a way that is timeless, which is one of the reasons I think the book has held up so well despite some of its faults like the sexism. (laughs) The evil comes in the form of the carnival owners, Mr. Dark and Mr. Cougar, as well as some of the other performers. Bradbury sets the creepiness bar pretty high, in my opinion. I like horror books and movies that are more cerebral and not just gore. And this is one of those books that continues to increase the level of creepiness. While I wouldn't totally say that it terrified me, there was one part where the boys are hiding and Mr. Dark finds them that I got literal chills. That part was so terrifying. And spoiler alert, this does have a happy ending. And Mr. Holloway says to the boys, quote, God knows what shape they'll come in next, which is part of the coming of age for the boys. While the evil they face in the form of the carnival is very specific and a bit fantastical, there is true evil in the world. And not everyone sees it at that level, but the darkness is definitely out there. I gave this one a three out of five. While I enjoyed it and I would still recommend it to others, it just didn't thrill me in the way that some of the books I have read recently have. Goodreads gives it a 3.92. One reviewer said, Leveling any complaints against Bradbury seems like a literary crime, but I'm afraid I didn't enjoy something wicked as much as I feel I should have. The prose is a bit outdated. The resolution is just a little too feel good for me. And I found both of those thoughts interesting. I would agree with both of them, but I kind of went in knowing that this book was written in the 60s, so I guess I was a little more prepared for some outdated prose. As far as the resolution goes, it was pretty feel good, but... I don't necessarily think that it was too feel good or it was a bad feel good. It was just maybe not as intelligently written as maybe some of his other books. I guess I can't really compare to that, but um, maybe some other books that this 
reviewer has read. And actually, I didn't mention this earlier in my review of the book, but I really liked how Mr. Holloway was part of helping the boys defeat Mr. Dark and Mr. Cougar. In a lot of coming of age and YA books, the adults are the evil ones. And I enjoyed how in this case, it was really a collaboration and that it showed an adult can believe and respect children, even if their ideas seem crazy or illogical. That was something I really liked about the book. Another reviewer said, quote, Bradbury overwrote this book to the point of it being dense poetry rather than prose. And I do see the point, and this is perhaps why I didn't like the book more. I still think it's enjoyable and readable, but it is definitely dense. One reviewer said, quote, there is something about the atmosphere of the book that speaks to me across generation and geographical lines. Another said, wow, just wow. This is just as spectacular the second time around as the first, if not more so. It's dark and terrifying and the whole carnival atmosphere is just on point. I think that if you can get through the dense prose of the book, then this can be an enjoyable book. But if you're not into that heavy style, it's going to be really hard for you to get through. I definitely enjoyed it though, and I would save this one for a dark rainy night. Media recommendations this week. As I mentioned earlier, The Secret Book and Scone Society by Ellery Adams. Also, Out of the Silence, After the Crash by Eduardo Strach. This is the story of the 1972 Andes plane crash from a perspective of one of the survivors. I read Alive by Piers Paul Reed when I was in high school, and it's one of those first nonfiction books that really stuck with me and that I've never forgotten. And over the years, of course, there have been many other stories about the tragedy told from many different perspectives. And this perspective was incredibly heartbreaking, yet at the same time, really uplifting. It's a story of someone who has lived his life to the fullest, but has never forgotten the horror of those 72 days. It's translated, so I think there's something a little hollow in the translation, but I did still find it moving and I really enjoyed it. If you have read Alive or any of the other stories in the crash about the crash, this is one I'd recommend adding to you, your TBR list. Thanks so much for listening. You can find me on Instagram at don'treaddrunk. Email me at don'treaddrunk at gmail.com and check out my website at don'treaddrunk.buzzsprout.com. There is not apostrophe in any of those don'ts. Also, this is a hobby podcast, so if you are able to support the podcast, I certainly would appreciate it. You can do a one-time donation through PayPal using my email, don'treaddrunk at gmail.com. Also, by becoming a Patreon at patreon.com slash don'treaddrunk. Thank you so much to my sponsors, Aaron Ruiz at 1UP Till Sunup, who created the music. You can find Aaron and 1UP Till Sunup on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. That's the number one, U-P-T-I-L-S-U-N-U-P. Also, Avenue Coffee House. You can find them on Facebook and their website at avenue-coffeehouse.com. They also own Supernova Coffee and Donuts, downtown Milwaukee. Next episode, we'll talk about The Road by Cormac McCarthy. Bye, and talk to you soon.